Welcome to the Elite Life with Trisha and Kylie. This is where we'll teach you how to develop grit, give yourself grace, and succeed in real estate. So let's dive in. Hey, hey, friends. I'm so excited that you joined us today because this show is going to be so full of fire and motivation and great information. I just know that every person listening is going to have a better day, a better month, a better year, and a better life just from tuning in today. Yes, that's a, that's a big claim. We better bring the fire, huh? Yeah, that's extreme. Um, well, that's going to be on you because we have my uh, friend, our amazing guest here, Alicia. She's a police sergeant, a CrossFit coach, a wife, a mom of three, my marathon partner, and the list goes on and on and on. Say hi, Alicia. Hi, everybody. <laughs> no pressure. I, I think you covered everything. Um, well, I also am a CrossFit athlete, not just a coach. So throw another little ring on my, my bell there. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm really excited you're joining us to um, drop some nuggets of knowledge on how to just be a total badass and balance all the things because you are an absolute pro at that. And I know I'm blessed. I get to share and learn from you as we run our many, many, many miles throughout the marathon training season so, um, and all of so our open miles. gym. Yes, so many <laughs> miles. So many talks. And what's funny is we we never like run out of things to talk about. So nope. it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. I, I can't imagine how how easy or convenient it is to talk while you're also running. That's a thing? Yeah. Yeah. It, it makes it go by a lot faster. Like, I literally never stop. The first few times, so when me and Alicia started running, um, we knew each other from the gym, but it, we hadn't really, like, hung out a lot outside. And, like, I instantly just start talking and talking and talking and talking. And at the end of the first time, I remember I came home and I'm like, that girl's never going to want to run with me again. <laughs> I just talked for like three hours straight and it's because like, you know, as moms and leaders and like wearing all these hats, a lot of times like we don't get to be the people that are listened to. And so I think it's just like nice that we each get to just. It's a little bit of decompression, right? Like, yeah. uh, and sometimes it's hard to, sometimes you don't want to sound like you're bragging to people too, right? Like, um, I do fun stuff at work work is fun to me. Like I really enjoy it. And it, it, it actually is almost a, I get to kind of release a little bit at home at work, but then also like release a little bit of work to Trisha. So thanks <laughs> for doing that for me. Uh, um, but you know, sometimes it's hard when I, I really like to run with Trisha and talk with Trisha a lot because she also has like these million things that she does. Right. So, uh, I think it, the balance with her and I is great. Um, she can talk about anything from real estate to the podcast, to the stars Academy, to all these different things. And then she's got like this, like wide past too. So I feel like her and I are, we, we're on a certain level with that. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to discuss with that. And, and I don't feel like she's going to be put off by me, like coming off as like braggadocious. Right. Cause like, I, I never try to make somebody feel like they're lesser than me, but Sometimes in talking about what I do, I've been told that it just sounds like I'm either, you know, bragging or you're a condescending person or something like that. And it's, it's difficult to find somebody who like just vibes with that. And like, they just listen to your story and then they just tell a story and it's not to one up each other. It's not to do whatever. It's just like to simply just let it out. Like, Hey, I did this and it was so cool. And they're like, Hey, great job. Well, I did this too. Or you know what? I totally failed at this this week. Absolutely screwed it up. I remember one time I messaged Trisha and I was like, I'm a horrible mom. <laughs> she gets that from me too. I'm a so. horrible mom. Like I'm, I can't even remember what I said. 
but I'm pretty sure I said something to my son that was kind of like, like, shut your effing mouth, right? And I was like, and I, like, it came out in like his face. And then I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Okay, New Year's resolution, no more of that. Like, so I have those in my sensory overload moments. Like, I have moments where, like, the three kids, the dog, the husband, everybody wants a piece of me. And I'm just like, I'm like, every, no one talked to me for the next 15 minutes. And I go in my room and I shut my door and I'm like, I'm on timeout. Like, leave me alone. Otherwise, I do end up cussing at everyone and threatening to burn the house down. Yeah, I uh, lock the bedroom door too. Mm-hmm. Lock it. Because the kids will come in. I, and I go into my bathroom that can, <laughs> you can only access through my bedroom. <laughs> and I lock that door too. And I just sit on the toilet. Like, <laughs> or I like turn the shower on. Like, even if I'm not in the shower, I just turn it on. Like, yeah, nobody about the water, me. the water flowing, but then they won't come pester me in the shower because like not a lot of people want to see me naked. But like, <laughs> my kids have no shame. They pick the door with, because we have the ones where like you can get a butter knife and turn it. So like if Ryan's not home, to run interference like I'll take a shower and two or three little people are coming in and going out coming in and going out and I'm like can I have some privacy and they're like what are you doing I'm like washing my parts like leave me alone (laughs) you know how sometimes you like the water runs down and like you wash and stuff mom does that too yeah (laughs) I get showers too so that's a wormhole yeah you go lots of places (laughs) but but like circling back to like the braggadocious thing I think that what happens is a lot of people look at um men and women like you know like you guys who do do a lot of things um and then they feel self-conscious about what they do or don't do rather than valuing what they are bringing to their friends their family their work life um I know that when I started life coaching with you I was like okay Ryan we're gonna overhaul our whole lives and I'm gonna start getting up at 4 30 in the morning and all of this and I'm like I don't like this <laughs> but I feel the same way like there's never a moment when I'm talking to Trish and I just feel like um like having to keep up with the Joneses like it is super you're just easy to talk to Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure she messaged me after our first run. She's like, I'm so sorry if I just talked your ear off. And I was like, no, it was totally cool. <laughs> I, you know, and, and I didn't feel like she was talking the whole time because I know that I said some things too. Like I didn't yeah. just like sit there breathing heavy next to her. Like, <laughs> I was breathing heavy, but uh, I did actually get some words out too. So yeah. Well, I think, like I said, because it's so... It's not often that like other than when I'm talking to you or when I'm talking to you <laughs> that I actually get to like talk about how I'm doing, right? (laughs) And like, like you guys are saying, like, we do so many things and I'm the same way as you. Like, I don't want to come off raggedocious and everybody's like, yeah, well, you're there today. But there's a lot of, a lot behind the scenes, right? And like you said, there's a lot of like hard times and grit of where we came from. And it's hard for us to talk about those with others sometimes because they only see you today and they don't want to hear about like, oh, all of your hard stuff. Right. And like that kind of goes into to where our, our questions that we set up, like we snap through your highlight reel and your intro and and we know you're a badass today, but kind of like, if you will kind of take our listeners back to like, how did you get to here today? Like, what it, what are some of those things that, like, you really had to power through to get to a person that can balance all the things and be successful in their career and be successful in their health and, and mental fitness and physical fitness? Uh, humble beginnings. Um, I just had a traditional suburban uh, growing up type thing. Uh, uh, my parents actually just celebrated being married 40 years uh, last week, so that was super cool. Um, so I had good role models to begin with. Um, my dad was the breadwinner. Um, there's lots of times where 
it's like my dad worked at General Motors and everybody thinks that, you know, auto workers like make all sorts of money and they're great. And that's probably a little bit more true nowadays. But when my dad first started and my earliest memories, I remember my dad would be working midnights and he would come home. He'd sleep for like, you know, two hours and then he would take me to preschool and then he'd pick up my brother from first grade and he'd do all the day-to-day things while my mom was trying to struggle and work at Myers. Just to, just to Myers because I'm from Michigan. I put S's on everything like Kroger's and Ford's. We do. Um, yeah. So she worked at Meyer and uh, she was just trying to make ends meet and she worked there because she would get a discount on clothes. So then my brother and I would add clothes on her back. Um, my, my dad didn't have a lot of seniority. So there'd be times where he would work for two or three weeks and then he'd be laid off for, you know, a week or two. And then he'd go back to work and then he'd be laid off again. And, um, you know, that, so my mom actually having a little bit of consistent income kind of helped, but I remember like my mom always still making sure everything got done. She was all still very much the center of, of making sure that the house worked. And and so I think that's kind of where I started picking up on that and kind of what I've moved into in my own family. Um, my mom, uh, she just always worked just whatever random job she could around my dad and very much centered and focused on, on my dad so that my dad could continue his job that provided the health care benefits and, and paid the mortgage. And then everything else was figured out from there. So mm-hmm. um, growing up with that was, was a good thing for me to see. Um, as much as I didn't get to have a lot, you know, I didn't get to, I didn't get to play travel sports. I, you know, didn't even really play rec sports for that matter. Um, it was just my brother and I, and we would go out in the backyard and we would like have a football, a baseball and a baseball bat, or we'd have like this crappy basketball hoop that like the rim fell off most of the time. It was, <laughs> like, it, but, but we made the best of what we had. Yeah. And so I think having that simple part of it, um, is really what, gave me the base to be able to just build off of. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like if I would have been given everything, if I would have, you know, if my mom didn't have to work and my dad owned was some kind of software IT or something like that, I probably would have just like been like, oh, cool, family business, and like wouldn't really have any ownership in that. But mm-hmm. um, with the beginnings that I've had, I've been able to just grasp everything that I've been able to create. Anything that anybody offered me, I've always said yes. Like, okay, yes. Oh, you want me to go to this training? Absolutely. You want me to go to that training? Yep, I'm there. Hey, can you do this next? Yes, I can. And... Uh, but that also comes with its own faults too. Where like I have a hard time saying no to things. Mm-hmm. And I wish that I could say no better. I feel like I always have to explain to everybody why I'm saying no instead of just being like, mm, no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. It's funny you say that because um, we always have our Tuesday 411 goal accountability meetings. And there was one time in the beginning where like I actually had to set an actual goal to say no to three things this week. <laughs> And I remember being at Trent was young and they were like, oh, we need someone to manage the hockey team. And they're like, oh, Trish, you can do it. And I was like, "Mm, no. And they all looked at me like, no, why? Like your job, you can work when you want. Why can't you do it? I'm like, I'm busy. I'm not doing it. And it was like, that was like a huge win just to say no, because I think just like you, like you said, when you start from humble beginnings, you want to, you want to capture every opportunity possible. You want to, you kind of want to be a people pleaser because you learn to be grateful for what you're given. And so you, you serve others and you have that strong work ethic like you do. And so that does that. There's the pros and the cons to that, right? It's a, it's, it's hard. And then I, my brother was always the brainiac. Like he's he's two years older than I am, and he would always get the ravest reviews from his teachers. Like, oh my god, you know he's doing great, he's doing well, he's like got a good attitude and whatever. And then like I go to school and I always had my brother's teachers, and like it was always like, oh yeah, well you know Nathan used to do this and Nathan used to do that and Nathan used to do this, and I'm like, mm, 
So I almost like rebelled against that. Like, oh, I'm not Nathan. So like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not doing my homework. I'm not doing my reading. And I don't like you. And like, <laughs> I'm going to sit here and talk to whoever's next to me. You're going to put my desk up against the chalkboard. Happened all the time, actually. Like, I, I just, I couldn't shut up. Like, I, and I, I just didn't care to do the same things that he did. And so there's probably a little bit of that back and forth. Like, I, like feeling like I had to be everything that my brother was. But then um, I also, you know, I think I developed when I was younger this uh, almost a feeling of like, I just, I can't be my brother. Mm-hmm. And like, it almost was like depressing. Like, I think probably hindsight, I'm like, I was probably depressed as a child because like, I couldn't do what my brother did. How come right. I can't do this? How come I can't do that? And for a long time, I had to fight this, this urge within myself just to be like, oh, well, I'm dumb. I'm just dumb. I'm just, I'm not him. I'm dumb. Mm-hmm. Because like, I didn't realize that there was like a, a difference between like a somebody who's smart like my brother who can like read a book in three hours or like somebody like me who I have to read the same paragraph four times because like I forgot what it was in the middle of it that I was doing right like so like by the time I was like upper middle school going in well yeah about sixth or seventh grade it was like oh I can do this oh I can totally do this and it was like oh light switch okay cool look look now I'm great I can excel I'm not getting I'm not getting reprimand sent home every other week like I'm not always in detention like hey I don't have to be a bad kid I can be a, I can still be myself and I can be successful and I can be smart and do all these different things it's just a different way of going about it so mm-hmm. yeah um, it probably took until high school my brother was like you know you're every bit as smart as I am right and I was like, oh my god I am like <laughs> wow that's so cool maybe yeah. I should start working towards that so those interesting beginnings I guess that's good though that you had an older brother that would encourage you like that. I mean, you had a you had an encouraging family unit and that created that self-efficacy in yourself to be able to say, yeah, like I am built different and that's okay, right? Yeah. And like once I grasped that, it was like just you know, sky's the limit. Like, well, how far can we ride this train? Like, yeah. let's, let's let's run the wheels off it and you know, I, and I have run the wheels off it. There's been plenty <laughs> of times where I've been like Okay, that was too much. <laughs> take a deep breath. Like, you know, it's almost like when somebody gives you a slice of cake and you're like, wow, this is really good. And you take like seven or eight bites and you're like, that's probably enough. But then you're like, it's a freaking piece of cake. So I'm just going to take it all. Yeah. And eat then till like, I hate myself. Two hours later, you're like, mm, I kind of just want to go throw up. You know, like, like my, you know, your stomach hurts and you're just like, my stomach's like, whoa, I don't eat that much sugar. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, that's, that's, I get to that point too with accepting too many things to do. So, yeah. So that leads us right into your profession. So what what drew you to being in law enforcement and doing what you do? I was driving down the road one day with my parents, and we had this horribly nasty cutlass. Like, it had holes in the floorboard. Again, we didn't have, like, a lot of money, right? So, right. like, my mom, I mean, she had this Olds, uh, uh, it was a old Oldsmobile or Cutlass, one or the other, but whatever. Um, just junk, right? It had, like, holes in the floorboard. Like, you could smell the exhaust, like, coming into the car. Like, you don't want to be in it very long or you might get some type of, like, carbon monoxide poisoning or something, right? <laughs> right. Like, nowadays, those cars don't do that. But, yeah, it was bad back then. And I remember, like, we're driving down the road, and I just saw this cop. And, I mean, he's driving in his, like, Chevy Caprice, right? Like, back, I'm talking early 90s, right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oh, my God. Like, he had lights on, and I was like, and everybody was moving. I was like... I want to do that. Yeah. I want to be a cop. It's going to be cool. And then like we watch cliche, right? We watched cops growing up. My dad always watched cops. So we watched cops. <laughs> Should we cops. sing the song? Saturday Night Boys, bad boys. What you going to <laughs> Yeah, right? So like I actually hear that song in my head every time I get out of my cop car now. So I'm just like, yep. Well done. This is full circle, right? <laughs> this is this is life. Uh, so again, like I just had this draw to it. I was like, wow, that's that looks so cool. Like I wonder what they do. And then I remember like 
you know, they ask you like when you're seven or eight years old, what do you want to do when you're going to grow up? And you always get like the answer of like, well, nowadays you get like, I want to be a YouTuber or, you know, I want to be a TikTok sensation or whatever. But like a lot of times you still get those kids that are like, they want to be a cop. They want to be a firefighter. They might want to be a lawyer. Like if they have that type of person in their family that to look to. I remember I told my dad, I was like, well, I just want to work in the factory like you did. And he was like, no, you don't. Aww. Absolutely not. Like you're not going to work in a factory. And I was like, wait, I'm not gonna work in a factory. Like, what am I gonna do? Now what? Right. <laughs> and you know, he's like, he's like, you're gonna do something more than that. And I was like, I kind of want to be a cop. And like, from that point forward, there was never a question with my parents. It was like, what do you want to do in your group? You want to be a cop? You want to be a cop? Yeah, I want to be a cop. Yeah, absolutely. In my entire family, like nobody was ever like, no, you don't want to do that. No, that would be terrible. It's hard work. Nobody likes you. Well, nowadays, maybe people do or don't like you, right? Right. And I was like, nobody, nobody told me that you can't do that. And it was like, awesome. Um, The only thing that I was ever told that I couldn't do growing up or that I was advised against was they didn't want me to join the military. And I, to me nowadays, especially, like I don't really see much of a difference, but um, that was the one thing they're like, you know, like when I talked about joining the military, because I didn't know how I was going to pay for college. Like I, I, my my grades weren't great. Uh, I did enough to get by. Okay. Um, So I was like, how am I going to pay for college? And you know, luckily we lived right, right school craft. So I was able to go to community college and I worked through college. I, I, luckily I could take out a couple thousand dollars in student loans and be able to pay them off. But, um, you know, and that whole process of having to work towards it and find that out when I was like, I'm just going to join the military. And my grandpa was a world war II veteran. And he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, you know, if that's, if that's what you want to do, but you got to understand that they're not telling you the truth. And I was like, Oh my God, the government lied to me. Like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean they're not going to like do whatever? And then, you know, yeah, come to find out there's certain circumstances where like, you know, they might tell you that you're going to have one job, but based on whatever the need is of the force, they can change that job or whatever. So, um, I told myself when I graduated high school or I was graduating high school, applied to schoolcraft, I went to schoolcraft. I was like, I'm going to try this out for a year. And if this sucks at a year and like, it just doesn't seem like it's something that I want to do or I like, then... I'm going to give it a shot and I'm going to go in the military. But um, the fortunate part of that, probably hindsight fortunate part for me, is that once I finished my first year at Schoolcraft, I was able to apply for a job with the Transportation Security Administration. And that's really the catalyst of where everything else came from, where everything else was built off of. So I didn't end up joining the military, and I was able to kind of use that as a stepping stone to law enforcement. But um, that's kind of the, the long and short of how I ended up in law enforcement. And then I, don't, I, I guess I can go into how I ended up where I am now in law enforcement. Yeah. Um, so, uh, uh yeah, the, the academy was fun. Uh, I probably should have waited a little bit longer to go cause I was really immature. Uh, I was 20 and most of the people that are in the academy are, you know, 24 to 27 range. So like, I didn't really click with anybody in the academy. I just tried to like get along with as many people as possible. I wanted to be that people pleaser. Like everybody should like me. Uh, there wasn't a lot of jobs in law enforcement. So I tried to like hang out with as many people as I could to try to like, Maybe somebody will recognize me if I go to this outing or that outing or I volunteer for this casino night and do whatever. So I tried to do a lot of that and didn't really get a whole lot of leeway. Um, <laughs> ended up getting this random job in the village of Fowlerville. Hmm. Yes, village of Fowlerville. I feel like not much probably happens in the village of Fowlerville. Maybe like a cow tipping or something of that nature. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, I, I was fortunate that this one chief like saw enough in me and he was like, yeah, I'm going to give you an opportunity to work part time. And I was like, all right, part time. I left a job making a little over $60,000 a year to take a part-time job making 12 bucks an hour. That's, that was the sacrifice that I made because I wanted to be a cop that bad. 
Um, so I went there and I just poured my heart and soul into it. I worked every hour that I could, any detail that he would give me, I worked, um, whether it was going home and sleeping for three hours, like, and I lived in Westland at the time. So I'm talking, you know, 60 miles one way to get to work, to make 12 bucks an hour. Um, I did everything that I could just to keep, keep up and make a good name for myself. And luckily, um, I was able to get a job with, um, Green Oak Township where I'm at now. And, uh, I made a good name for myself working in the village of Fowlerville and that was kind of how it panned out to be able to come to Green Oak. So I've been able to hit the ground running there and again, poured my heart and soul into it. Uh, did as many overtime, probably, probably way more overtime than I needed to do, but anytime overtime was offered extra trainings and then my own investing in myself, I went back. I made a promise to myself when I finished my associates that I was going to finish a bachelor's degree. And I did that. And then once I finished my bachelor's, I was like, you know, I still got some more in me, like, let's find something else to do. So then I'm like, am I going to go to law school or am I going to do my master's? And um, I kind of chose the easy way out. And I, and I did the master's in public administration. As much as some people wouldn't say that's the easy way out, it, it was at the time for me. Um, and that was kind of what it was going to work out for me as. And like, it, it became a time thing because we were starting a family. So it was like, I can't dedicate three years of my life full time to go to law school. So I did the did a master's and then I was able to get promoted. So I just recently was promoted to sergeant and working night shift until I blew out my shoulder. And now I'm now I'm here talking to you guys. <laughs> now you're here. <laughs> Things happen for a reason. Um, but I love everything you said because we actually did a podcast. Um, if you guys, if our listeners go back to the first week in June or the second week in June, we did a podcast about uh, cultivating dreams in your kids and helping them to pursue passions and what may look like a non-traditional journey, right? Instead of that like high school, college job fit in this box, like if they have a dream and maybe it's outside of the realm, like you're a female police officer, a lot of people when they default to police officers, they think of men. So some families may not have cultivated that dream in you. You know, they may have said, no, Alicia, that's that's more of a man's job. That's you should probably be like a nurse or something like that. But you had a family that did exactly exactly what we talked about in that podcast and they were like let's do it like you're you may have to work harder you may have to do things that other people don't want to do because it might be outside of the box for you um but like I was saying like if you do the extra work if you work harder if you grind it out and if you see that goal and that dream as something that like you can attain you must attain you'll do anything to do it like you did it's absolutely achievable. Like you are living the dream you had as a child because you had that support system and because you were willing to do the work. You were willing to do the work that other people wouldn't take that extra overtime, do those extra casino nights. And that that's what it's all about. Like you can really achieve anything you want and do any job you want to do. You just got to be willing to outwork everybody else, right? Yeah, you got to be willing to outwork everybody else and then not listen to the, well, that's not going to do you any good. Like no joke. When I was talking about going to graduate school, I was asked by a couple of my coworkers, like, why are you bothering doing that? And I was like, well, because like, I'm, I, this is what I want to do. And they're like, well, it's never going to pay off here. It's pointless. I was like, wow. Like, I appreciate your input. Like, <laughs> and, and in my mind, I'm like, is that supposed to try to change my mind? Like, you don't want me to do this? Or are you li you're like really trying to do me a salad and being like, hey, bro, don't waste your time. Keep your 10 grand. Right. Because I, 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 to this day, I, I don't know that I have an answer to what they were trying to accomplish. But, mm. you know, nevertheless, like I went ahead and I did it and I got it. And I would like to think that part of the reason why I'm so successful is because of the grind that I had to do that master's degree. Like I did it when I was working midnights, uh, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. 
Um, my husband was deployed, um, and I was working midnights at that time. I had two young kids. Um, it just, there was like, I could have found any reason that I wanted to not finish it or to be like, you know what, let's just put this on the shelf and we'll try it again next year. You know, like, let's just finish this semester and then we'll start again. Just, it wasn't an option that I was willing to, to exercise. Like, yes, I could have, but let's just do this. Like I'm on the track, let's go. And that's just always been my personality to it is like, yeah, there's probably an easier way to do it, but Hey, let me just you know, I'm just going to bore right through this brick wall. <laughs> I know I can go around. I can open the door. But, hey, I'm already right here physically in front of it. So let's just go through it. Yeah. And and that kind of leads into the next thing that, that I wanted to talk about with you. Because, like, you have an, an, an intense job. Like, in, in, and you have had a lot of intense situations in your life. Like, you were just talking about your husband being deployed. You're at home with two littles. You're going to school. And you're working. Like, that's a lot. That's mm. that. Any one of those things by themselves is a lot better yet having the combination of all those things. So for our listeners out there that might be that mom that's like, dude, I'm ready to throw in the towel. Like, I am drowning. <laughs> Kylie's raising yeah. her hand. This guy right I here. I am drowning. I, I am doing all these things. It feels like a thankless job. Like, nobody's asking me how I feel today. Like, how, what are some, like, tips or things, like, or, or how do you, like help yourself to compartmentalize um, what you're dealing with and be able to say, you know what, I'm dealing with this at work, but when I come home, I'm a mom and I need to be here for RJ. Or, you know what, um, my husband's overseas and I I still have these things that I got to handle. It comes down to resources. And, I mean, resources as far as money, resources as far as, uh, food, water, shelter, right? We have to look at all of our, our the necessities that you have to have, resources and, and people resources. Like, who do I have that can help me? And then, you know, resources within myself, right? Like, what can I do to help myself at this point? Um, so just to, to take it back to um, 2015, uh, my daughter was born February 5th. Um, so I, at the time, I had a, an almost two-year-old and then a newborn. Three weeks after that, my husband comes home from Army Drill and he says, hey, I'm going to Iraq. And I'm like, oh, well, that's okay. And, and again, most people would be like, well, I'll just quit my job, right? But like for me, like I'd work too hard to, to let that be an option. So then it became, okay, resources, what do I have? Maybe I can get some help from work. Well, I was bottom seniority. So ain't nobody willing to work my, my midnight shift so I can work their day shift. So that became not an option. Um, and then it was looking towards my people resources. And um, at the time, my mom was still working. My dad was still working as well. So um, they weren't going to be able to watch my kids all night for me. And then they also lived 35 miles away. So it's not, it became a, sure, they could have watched my kids for me, but they're my kids. And that's my responsibility. And I'm not going to let anything stand in the way, even if it means I have to leave my job or go get another job when he comes back. Like that was an option. Um, but I, I wasn't gonna let my kids just be away from me completely because they're already without their mom, they're already gonna be without their dad. They don't need to be without their mom too. So yeah. um, that was that became my goal thing was like they're not gonna be without me too, and absolutely not. That was just the hard line not gonna pass. And luckily, uh, my husband's an army family. Like he was already gonna be deployed with the army. Yeah, but at the time that he was deploying with the army, his dad was like deployed with his government contracting job in Korea. So like they're very much familiar with the uh, sacrificing for the, for the good of the country. Basically they've been doing it for 40 years at that point. Um, so my mother-in-law and my brother-in-law, my, my husband's youngest brother, 
uh, they moved from Seattle to where we were living in South Lyon, and we had a three-bedroom, one-bath ranch that ended up having three grown adults and two <laughs> young children uh, having to live there together. And uh, that's actually what brought me to CrossFit. So um, that was a, a very difficult thing to do, but it became um, having your hard rules. Obviously, my hard rule is that my kids weren't going to be without me too. And then finding the way to make that work. And then I kind of had these secondary plans of, okay, if I have to leave my job, where am I going to go to work after that? And at the point it was like, okay, I'm getting ready to finish this master's degree. So maybe it's outside of law enforcement. Maybe I do go to law school. I could always use my husband's GI bill. So like, we don't really have to worry about it that way. And then we get the BAH and I started like, sometimes you got to work with numbers, right? Like math is not most people's favorite, but it was like, all right, so what can I afford to do now? Um, can I afford to find somebody to watch my kids every single night for me? What is that going to cost me in daycare? Is that going to cost me more than what I actually make in my paycheck yeah, mm -hmm. I, I didn't know so I started kind of crunching the numbers and doing some more of that and that is kind of the only way that it worked out was if my mother-in-law was going to move in with me so um, I know most people are like oh god you know your mother you had to live with your mother-in-law like <laughs> and you know I I think I'm very blessed in that uh I don't I don't I have a good relationship with my in-laws. I feel like they like me. <laughs> That's uh, awesome. They might even like me more than they like my husband at times. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was, I was fortunate that they were willing to do that. And just with that grateful heart, it was like, they're doing this for me. So if that, I didn't care what that meant. Like I didn't sleep a lot, right? Cause now I have grown adults in my house. When I get off at 7am, I would like to sleep until 3pm. Cause it kind of works out that way for eight hours. Um, you know, and like they, they were banging around and knocking stuff over and the kids are screaming. Like, I didn't really sleep a whole lot, but with that grateful heart, it was like, but I'm still here. I'm present with my kids. It's, it's okay. I'm tired. It kind of sucks, but you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be just fine with this. This is, it's a short time. This is only nine months, 10 months. And, um, <clears throat> I, I ended up being lucky because at the time my mom was working at a college. So uh, she was off for Christmas. That meant that I could send my mother-in-law home for Christmas and I could hang out with my parents for, for a couple of weeks. So uh, we had some breaks in between there, but it was, I mean, talk about a, it was, it was such a crazy stretch to uh, go through. Do you know more than 80% of real estate agents fail and quit in their first year of business? MyStarsAcademy.com has set out to solve this problem by providing a convenient, expert-based training and coaching program for both agents and brokers. The Agent Accelerator program teaches agents everything they need to know to level up their business, have a constant flow of free leads, convert those leads into clients, and take those clients to the closing table and keep them coming back for more as repeat business. Our industry experts have years of proven success in the business and are here to share that gold through one-on-one -on -one coaching. This will help you achieve more structure and work-life balance. We will map you a plan you can follow, which will guide you through the steps to scale and grow in both your business and personal life. Don't be a statistic. Visit MyStarsAcademy.com and enroll today so you can get the success you deserve. And we are back and we're chatting with Alicia. She is a police sergeant, marathon runner, CrossFit coach and athlete, mom of three, wife of a veteran and all around total badass. She's trying to help us learn how to balance all 
the things and telling us how she did through a lot of adversity with uh, sounds like some creativity. We got creative. Um, I loved that throughout that you focused on an attitude of gratitude. Like a lot of things were going wrong. A lot of things were out of your control. And we talk a lot on the show about controlling the controllables. And you were tuned into controlling the controllables, being grateful for the resources that you could tap into in your family and really focusing on what's going right instead of what's going wrong. Yeah. And that's really, I'd like to say a theme of my life. Um, there's definitely been some times that I've struggled with it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of therapy. Uh, I've, I've gone to therapy, raise my hand on that one. Uh, and, and I mean that even though I didn't go for a, a long amount of time, um, that really helped me kind of focus in on me being well, like you're not going to do anything and you're not going to be okay unless you are okay. Like mm-hmm. I can try to like put frosting on stuff and make it look pretty, but ultimately like if I'm not a hundred percent, then everything else is just built on a crappy foundation. So, um, that's really what I took out of therapy. Um, and being able to compartmentalize and organize and stuff like that. So I guess to get back to like this whole multifaceted thing, right? Yeah, I do a lot of stuff. Um, I don't do all of that stuff without in my mind, knowing that I can do all that stuff and being committed to doing all of that stuff. Uh, and then it's just a matter of priorities, right? Like, um, I know that I have to go to work, right? Want that paycheck. (laughs) Gonna have to go to work. So, um, we kind of had a little transition in our family where, uh, my husband was working at an assisted living center and, uh, he was, you know, making good money doing it. COVID hit and, you know, thankfully he got laid off. Like most people are like, oh my God, you got laid off. I'm so sorry. And frankly, yeah, it sucked because like he was bringing home the money. Uh, he was the one paying for the house <laughs> basically. Um, so it sucked, but we immediately was like, okay, we need to rebuild off of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he had been struggling with PTSD for a long time from his deployment. And um, I don't even think he was realizing how bad he was struggling until it came to that point and he got laid off. And just to be able to like shrug it all off and let it go. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they lost a ton of patients at the assisted living center that he was working at in a long amount of time. And it really aggravated his PTSD. And that obviously makes it really hard at home because, you know, it, when I can, when I can normally count on him to do a lot of housework, like he, he doesn't, he's not hard to get along with as far as housework. Like he doesn't mind cleaning bathrooms. He doesn't mind doing dishes. He doesn't do a lot of laundry, but that's fine. I can do laundry all day. Love <laughs> doing laundry. So easy, right? Like wash it, dry it, fold it, put it away. Like it's so one, two, three, right? Hate doing dishes. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Bathrooms, bathrooms. No, I'm not going to do it. Like I hate it. Just anything. I would, I'll pay somebody to come into my house and clean my bathroom. Don't care. Not going to do it. Uh, so he's great at doing those type of things, but um, when he starts struggling with those PTSD moments, it starts bleeding into all the other things where like, Hey, what are we going to have for dinner? I don't care. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I can cook dinner. That's fine. Don't mind cooking dinner. Uh, maybe we'll just have pizza tonight. That's fine. We got money for that. 20 bucks. We'll be okay. <laughs> um, and, and then it bleeds into like, well, now there's the dishes hasn't been done in two days. Then again, because it's not something that I'm accustomed to doing every single day, because that's not in my routine. That's usually something he does. I'm like, I need a bowl. It's in the sink. All right. So I don't have a fork. Um, <laughs> guess I'm going to eat with a spoon. <laughs> like we're going to get creative here. Let's go buy some plastic silverware uh, for the environmentally conscious people. I apologize. Um, so it, it kind of starts, you know, he's not getting, the dishes aren't quite getting done and the bathroom's not quite getting as clean as it normally is. And now there's like no sweeping or mopping taking place. And it's like, 
now that starts adding onto my plate and my plate and like my plate's already full right mm-hmm. so i can fit a little bit like i don't mind putting gravy on the mashed potatoes i might put some corn on there too because there's not enough room on the plate but at some point you're not putting your roast beef on top of all of that too like it just doesn't work that way it's gross nobody wants that <laughs> so um once he was able once he got laid off and we were able to kind of start picking apart all the things that like weren't getting done and i'm using like very nice words because like we didn't use nice words to each other when this was happening (laughs) there was a lot of attitude that took place yeah and i will be the first to admit that like a lot of the attitude came from me because i wasn't okay at the time because i had already filled my plate and Mm. now it's time for stuff to just start dumping off and when it dumps off it comes with a lot of cuss words and (laughs) (laughs) So so those words come flying out regularly and, and unfortunately it's towards him and I've apologized for it and he's accepted my apology so uh we're better now um <laughs> but so once he kind of went to therapy and started getting he went back to his PTSD therapist and kind of started picking it all apart and he's been dealing with a lot of that so great but now we have to figure out who's paying the bills and how this is all working out because you know he needs to we have to figure out where this gap is coming from so now it it boils down to we can't spend as much so we're not ordering pizza tonight we're having leftover chicken. <laughs> it's going to be delicious. I have some steamable broccoli. Yeah. And this is going to be what we're eating today, guys. And, and just, again, being happy with that, being grateful mm-hmm. with that. And I think it was probably a harder adjustment for the kids because they were very used to like, I want a Happy Meal. They're like, drive to McDonald's. Here we are. We're getting mm-hmm. Happy Meals. Uh, so it's been, it was an adjustment for that. And it was an adjustment for me. Like I had never felt the pressure of like, oh, I have I don't make as much money as you. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how it's going to, I don't know how this is going to work out. So, uh, you know, I started picking up more CrossFit classes to try to make up a little bit more of that gap while we're in that transition of, we have to cut spending here. We have to cut spending here. We have to cut spending here. And then by the way, oh, it's Christmas. So buy your kids Christmas gifts with what money? <laughs> so, I mean, I'll be, I was horrible about this and I shouldn't have done it, but I've dug us out of the hole first, but I was like, I got a credit card off. There was like, Hey, 0% for six months. I was like, I can pay this off in six months. No problem. So like, of course I put Christmas on a credit card and luckily I was able to pay it off, but that was because I looked at the balance and I was like, I need to coach more CrossFit. (laughs) And and I had that ability to go coach more CrossFit. Mm -hmm. So that was how I ended up out of that. So I don't recommend it for people, but uh, that was the only way that I was able to balance that out. And we were able to kind of just move on from there so I have put Christmas on a credit card at least 12 times so (laughs) ain't no shame in that game girlfriend okay yeah I'm like Christmas goes on the credit card paid off with the tax refund work your butt off all year round and rinse and repeat exactly that stuff takes time but I love um I love that you guys you know you guys did that hard work of communication, right? Because That's hard sometimes. It's super hard. It's super hard. And like we were watching church on Sunday and they were talking about resentment and it's like a whole relationship Jenga series. And that happens. It happens to all of us all the time over and over and over again. Because like you said, you have this plate and you're pouring it on and you also like are staying in your own lane where like your plate's getting full, but you may not know what's happening in that person's mind and their their plate's getting full up here, right? Like your plate's getting full out in the real world while you're doing all these things and you don't know that their plate's filling up in their mind. So you're building these walls of resentment, like I'm doing all the things. What are you doing? And they're over there like 
losing it inside, but don't want to tell you because they see you're already stressed out, right? Exactly. And that builds until the whole shepherd's pie mashed potatoes falls off the plate, right? (laughs) Exactly. But you guys did that work. You went to therapy. You did the hard work. You felt through the feelings. You you were okay with yelling because, like, a lot of times it's fight or flight. And if it's flight, then that's why there's so many divorces, right? Um, And then there's other people that choose the fight. And it's it's when are you going to be able to sometimes say like you are you're you're like I know I was a lot of that right because it takes two people both people we're all we're all imperfect we're all yeah. flawed right like I don't think anybody in this room can raise our hands and be like oh no I never fight with my spice my spouse we're like really really good look at our Instagram like you're full of shit <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing on my Instagram with my husband <laughs> right I look at my Instagram and my kids aren't even on there anymore it's just me and my dog <laughs> Living the life. In houses. houses. Yeah, in houses, you know. Um, And and I will say, like, and I'm also not much of a yeller. I'm more of a I can use a regular tone and cut you with words kind of person. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, yeah, I I definitely am not. I'm not a huge yeller. Yeah. I I don't feel like I'm really. I don't gain any ground by yelling. Yeah. I have my words. Yeah. But we say really mean words that make (laughs) you feel really bad. And then later we're like. That was awful. Like, if somebody said that to me, I'd cut their face off. Yeah. <laughs> I've already thought of three different ways I could kill you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Wow, y'all are getting real. This got real dark real quick. Yeah, yeah, it's we've run real. a lot of miles together. Yeah, but yeah. But it's real. I mean, this is what, like, you know, when they're li- when when our listeners are sitting here, like, they're like, yeah, I thought about cutting their face off, too. Yeah. No, and, and, it's, and it's not just, um, you know... Like, like going back to what you said about having using your people resources, like who's in my support system? We talk about that a lot, too. Yeah. Like uh, when you when you are drowning and you're in that place and you're like, what am I going to do? Reaching out to your support system. And I think the relationship um, conversations we were just having extend to those people, too, because I mean, like when you're like you said, people are like your mother-in-law is moving in with you. So you now have this other woman coming into your space and having two, having grownups. And I mean, living with my husband is enough. Like I couldn't imagine like, and I have a great relationship with my in-laws. I totally won the lottery there, but I could not imagine having my mother-in-law in my space like that 24, seven, 365 without pulling all of my hair out or, you know, burning the house down. And it comes back to, like you said, just having the moment of being like, okay, we have to have this chat. Like we have to sort this out and, and get through this. Otherwise we're just, we're just not going to make it. Well, and I think a lot of the reasons why you've won so many times is you put the ego aside, right? It's not about like, oh, this other woman has to come and help me in my household. It's what's best for my family. What's best for my children? What's best for my children is for them to be able to see me. Like you said, you prioritized it. And that's what's so important. And I think what's so hard for people all around, whether it's communicating with your spouse, it's that ego. I want to be right. Even when I know I'm wrong, I still want to be right, right? Or I want to show that I have it all under control. Even when I don't, I want to show I have it all in control. You've won and been so successful because you put that aside and you're like, all right, how can I keep moving forward? I can keep moving forward by accepting and delegating and communicating and hashtag adulting, right? And, and it's not always a matter of I'm moving forward because many of those times I felt like I was moving backwards. Mm-hmm. Many of those times it was like, I feel like I'm completely out of control. But yet I do have these three little things that I can I can do. So like when it came to my mother-in-law living with me, it was like, okay, like 
I, it was almost like feeling like I had just like telling your parents where you're going when you're 18. Like I shouldn't have to, I'm an adult, but it's also like, Hey, well, she's watching your kids. So you should probably let her know what time you're going to be home. Right. Right, right. And, uh, so I, that was when I was like, I, we talked about it and I'm like, Hey, you know, um, I, I'll, cover all the groceries she kept wanting to give me money and i'm like no 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 like i should be paying you like you <laughs> uprooted your life on on the west coast to come to michigan and it's cold here colder than it is in seattle so thank you yeah. uh, appreciate that but you know she's like well i owe you for half of the dte bill and half of the groceries and half of whatever and like i just i wouldn't accept any of that because i just again like i don't I, I, number one i didn't feel like i needed it like who wouldn't need more money, right? I could always use more money, but it was like, no way, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take this. And then in my mind, I was able to flip it of like, it's almost like me paying her, right? Because now she, <laughs> you don't have to pay me, so therefore you're kind of paying yourself, right? Like, money's not coming in, not coming out, we're, we're even. Um, but it was um, at the urging of my brother, he's like, you know, um, I did CrossFit and it was awesome. And like, first thing I did is I, I sent Brooklyn a message and I said, how much is CrossFit? And he's like, Oh, for police, it's like $125 a month. And I was like, uh? <laughs> how much? Like, oh, wow. I don't know if I can afford that. But I was like, I felt obligated because I already sent him a message. So now I got to at least try it out. And I was like, okay, I'm going to try it one time. And if I don't like it, I'm just not going to go back. So I went and I did it. And I ran into another cop there, right? So now, like, cops now. Cop, and you got another cop involved. Now you just ha you don't have a choice, right? Like, it's just cop thing. It's cop <laughs> thing now. Uh, you're talking about it. And now you can talk work. And, yeah. like, you know, we're talking work is fun but yet not and but it's funny because like other people like they enjoy your funny stupid stories because like there's a lot of really funny stupid things that happen i mean serious <laughs> things too but there's a lot of really stupid things that are just you can't do anything but laugh about uh and be grateful that it's not you um that's going through those things um and then that was it like as soon as i had discovered that i could like lift a barbell that i had really never touched much in my life other than playing around maybe in the weight room in high school but like i'm like oh my god i can actually control this barbell I'm learning how to squat. I'm learning how to deadlift. I'm learning how to shoulder press. And then I discovered that I was freaking good at it. And I was like, <laughs> all right. Like now I'm like, and now, now you see the physical changes, right? And then once you see the physical changes and you realize how physically strong you are, like now that builds even more confidence in you like mentally. So here I am seven years later. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know what my life would be without having had that experience and going through this. And I mean, I've been through, um, my husband got back from Iraq and of course we had another baby cause I mean, why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> let's just, let's just add more to the mix. Uh, so we had another baby. I crossfitted through that pregnancy, uh, came back at four weeks postpartum. Yay. Yay. Me pelvic floor. Yeah. I was just going to say, <laughs> how did your uterus not just fall right out? Did some, did some work on the pelvic floor. Uh, in, I really, other than I, I strained a rotator cuff one time, but like even times where I was sore or not really feeling it, it was just a this is what I do. This is what keeps me right. You know, even if I'm not 100% physical, I can 100% mentally be there. And at times that I'm not 100% able to like mentally be there, it's 100% of what my capacity is for that day. And I think that's one thing that I'm sure you've gone to a number of my classes and when I'm coaching these classes, I'm like, this is supposed to be 80%. But keep in mind, this is 80% for today. This is 80% of what you can lift for today. That might only be 50% of what your normal one rep is. Uh, it, it depends what you've done this week. Depends what you did last week. Where you know, are you sore? You know, are you with it today mentally? Like, do you have the grit to go at it today? And if you don't, fine, but go do something. You're gonna do whatever your full capacity is for today. And I really have taken that into my life, like 
open arms. Like that is how I do everything now. It's like this, this is what's in my capacity for today. And so, um, the way I keep organized, uh, I have this awesome calendar app that my husband and I share. I don't even really remember what it's called, uh, but everything's color coordinated. So like I, I'm, I'm a visual person. So uh, everything that I'm gonna do is in red. Everything my husband's gonna do is in a royal blue color, really pretty. Mm -hmm. uh, and then things that we're doing together is in purple. So usually when I look at it and I see that there's a lot of red on there, I'm like, okay, either he's not right, right? Cause he's also a very like, regimented like military person right 27 years in the army he's he's very regimented uh if i'm not seeing a lot of blue i know that i need to check in on him like hey what's going on like do you have anything coming up like is everything okay you know because he, he's he also goes to school he's he got into a program with the va where he's finishing his degree which is great for him and he usually has meetings on there for different like uh people he has to meet with for you know advisors and things like that uh, but then he's also got his VA advisor. He's got his PTSD therapist. So he's usually got a number of things on there. And when I see that he doesn't have a lot on there, I'm like, are you not doing something that you should be doing? Which is the cop part in me. That's like, got to get to the bottom of this. And I have to do less of that. Cause I know it pisses him off. <laughs> um, but then it's also like, why aren't you doing those things that you're not doing? Are you, are you clogged up upstairs again? Do we need to walk through this and see where it's at? And I enjoy seeing some purple on there because those are usually things that we're doing as a family. Mm -hmm. um, even if it's like him and I taking the kid to the dentist, him and I taking the kid to get stitches because that's fun. <laughs> uh, you know, so I, I try to almost balance it out with colors, right? Like, and I put everything everything that I'm doing, like, like right now I'm like mm, podcast and like this time, like that's, and that's how I do things. Cause if I'm like, Oh yeah, I'll see you next Tuesday. I'm like, wait, was that Tuesday? Like in four days or like Tuesday, like the following two, I can't keep track of it. Absolutely can't. And I tried for the longest time and like, I fell short on a lot of responsibilities because I just couldn't keep track of it. So yeah. without writing it down old school, I'll even like my desk at work is like post-it note, post-it note, post-it note. I even have a big desk pad calendar and I still just write stuff on post-it notes because I don't know. I like it. I like the, I like to use the blue post-it notes with red ink because I like the way that it looks. <laughs> she is one of us. I know. She's I know. totally I'm one like, of us. Can we open our Google calendars and compare our color coordination? We, we do weird things. I like how yours though is red plus blue and then purple. I like that a lot. Yeah. Now I don't have to go revamp all my color <laughs> So my husband chose blue, which actually was upsetting to me because, well, we both have blue as a favorite color. And there's two different shades of blue we could have chose, but they're too close to each other. I wouldn't have been able to differentiate quickly. So I was like, fine, red is my second favorite. <laughs> so I'll go with red. It's nice that you even had that conversation because I was like, Dave, you're orange. <laughs> yeah, I told Ryan. Trent's yellow. <laughs> I was like, I'm, I'm light blue. You are dark blue. The kids are purple. And... And uh, I forget, we had another color that was just like, I think we picked green for uh, like work stuff. And uh, I'm the only one who, f I'm the only one who looks at it anyways. Well, he needs to start looking at it. Oh, that's it. Oh, you hear that, Ryan? Look at the calendar. <laughs> Don't ask me what's going on today. You want to know? It's on the wall. I call it the wall. I think that might be part of what it's called. Ooh. I don't know. The calendar. I don't know. It's some kind of calendar app. I don't know. We call it the wall. Look at the wall. So we put it on. Oh, it's called Family Wall. That's what it is. That's why we say look at the wall. Cause it's <laughs> yeah. I, I just went on special. Uh, yeah, I just <laughs> went on special. Family, family Wall is what it's called. And we use that. And it's great. So 
I love it. This has been so awesome. Like, even though we chat all the time, every day, all day for my I enjoyed it. This miles, is my first time meeting you. I, I learned new stories even today. I so. see all of the pictures and stuff on Facebook and you guys running together. And I'm so glad she has someone to run with because I run for my life and free food. <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, we have three fun questions for you. Um, if you could go back and give teenage you advice, what would it be? Um, probably that backwards is forwards, that sometimes, sometimes you do have to go backwards to be able to take bigger steps forwards. Um, forwards, forward is probably the proper way of saying that. There's your Michigander show. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, I think what I've come to realize as an adult is the number of times that I feel like I've been knocked down. Whether it was something that I deserved because, like, I made a bad choice or just sometimes things didn't work out the way that you thought it was going to. And it kind of set me back a little bit. I remember always feeling kind of defeated about it and just being, like, mad and pissed. But it was, like, the further I got beyond those setbacks, I was able to build further. So I I think that's probably the better thing that I I wish I would have had a grasp on when I was younger because I probably could have... Maybe I could be in a better place in life. I don't know. But I, but I feel like I'm in a good place in life. So, yeah, but, yeah. But, like, maybe it would have been far less mentally taxing on me, and I wouldn't have had to go to therapy. <laughs> no, I feel that because I always – I have to re-remind myself when those things happen, like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm in the depths of despair. All this bad stuff keeps happening. I'm, you know, I lost three agents today, three deals. Oh, my gosh, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm, like – I always end up – better though later like like you said like it feels like you've gone backwards these five steps but it always ends up better when you look back six months from now like all those things are always reasons like I might have lost two agents but it's because they were time sucks and I got one new great agent because I was able to focus on my next recruiting meeting right um so I love that I love that uh if you could wake up tomorrow and wave your magic wand and work any other job what would you do I think I probably would have been, like, a neurosurgeon or something. Weird, right? Because, like, police officer to surgeon? Uh, I, I just, I, I remember shutting myself off very early in life from doing anything medical. Because I remember being told, well, if you want to be a doctor, you have to go to school for seven years. And at the time, I hated school. So I was just like, oh, I'm not going to be a doctor. <laughs> You're going to throw that career field right out the window. But I do feel like that's something that I could have done. Mm-hmm. And, uh you know, not anything that I would like to pursue now, but I mean, yeah, maybe if I started over, like, and I could just be like, okay, you're 18 again, and here's the money to go to medical school. I would have been like, yeah, okay, I probably would have been like a neurosurgeon. Like, that would have been awesome, like operating on brains or something. So, and again, I'm a nerdy person too. So, uh, yeah, that's probably what I would have done. That'd be awesome. All right. And last one, if you had one wish, a genie came up to you today and you could wish for anything, what would you wish for? Don't say world peace. <laughs> or Disneyland. No, nobody wants to go to Disneyland anymore. Nothing's exciting if there's world peace. Um, I, I think I would like to see myself through my kids' eyes. Because I, 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 think, I think so much of what I do, like, I feel like I'm doing everything for my kids. But sometimes I wonder, like, do they think that I'm doing everything for them, right? Like, mm-hmm. are all these choices that I'm making and the things that I'm, like, intentionally doing to make things better for them, do they see it as me doing it better for them? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's very, a good one. Very deep, right? I, I would like to be able to see myself through my kids' eyes. Like, I always wonder, like, is my daughter, who's seven, going to realize, like, and not to toot my own horn, like, how 
how grand like mom is, right? Like how many different things do I do? Like my path to get there, you know, and I'm I'm doing a job that only 25% of women do right in law enforcement. And then not just that, I'm also moving through the ranks. And when you look at law enforcement as a whole, like we usually have 25% as far as officers go, but officers that then progress to, you know, corporal or sergeant or captain or, or even chiefs, you're talking like less than 5%. And I think a lot of that is like women start to decide that they're going to now have children and they're going to leave the field. They go into something else or um, they just kind of like settle and they they may very well have husbands that are cops, too. So like he progresses through the ranks while she holds everything together at home. And that's perfectly fine for them. Um, But I but I wonder, like when my daughter's 20, let's give her 25, like once (laughs) when she's like through the I hate mom stage Mm -hmm. uh, and she's like figuring out her own career, like at what point is she going to realize the path that I took and why it's different? And is she ever going to realize it? I don't know. Like maybe, maybe like everything for women will be fantastic by the time she's 25 and there won't be any like you have to work harder than everybody else. Maybe she'll never have to do that, but I think it's mostly my daughter that I think about when I'm like, I'd like to see myself through her eyes. Like, what is, how is she going to feel about me and about the path that I took? Yeah, yeah. My, I can understand that. My boys are just going to be, my boys are going to be complete pushovers. Like, whoever they marry are going to be, like, lucky because they have mom. <laughs> right? Like, like mom, like, they already, they're, they're just, they're going to be, like, their, their dad. So, it's fine. <laughs> they'll be good husbands someday (laughs) that is awesome I love it is there anything we didn't get to chat on that you'd like to talk to our listeners about I don't know I don't think so we touched a lot of did I miss something no you gave a lot of value today and I appreciate you coming out because I know your time is sparse 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 Time is sparse. We appreciate you spending. My availability is sporadic. It is. It is sporadic at best, right? I mean, it's. I got a little bit more time nowadays. Yeah. Broken. <laughs> broken. So broken. We planned this perfectly. Yeah, it's like you guys knew that I was going to get hurt and not be able to go to work. So. But you're pushing through that adversity every day too. Coming to the gym even while injured. Yeah. Doing, I things, love it. doing things I probably. Should I I came do. home and I told Dave. I said watching Alicia is like watching myself. Like I I can like hear myself in the gym. Like I I only have a boot. It's only broken leg. It's fine. I can still do abs. It's good. Meanwhile, Nothing. I'm over here. I'm like I stub my toe. I cannot. Not do any beach body today. <laughs> There'll be no yoga for me. There will be you. no yoga. Bring me some cake. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we have for this week, friends. Thank you so much, everyone, for stopping by. We hope that you enjoyed this as much as we did. And we hope that you can take some of the things that we talked about today and A, realize that you are not alone when it comes to life happening to you. And be that you can um, you can push through. You need the mental fortitude. Reach out to your people. Figure out your resources. And don't forget to share this episode because you never know who needs to hear a really encouraging word or hear some love and uh, get some advice and some guidance. So share the episode. Drop us a love note. Give us five stars. Um, and come back next week for some more motivation, uh, motivation, renovation, elite lifestyle. We thank you so much for joining us today on the Elite Live with Trish and Kylie. Be sure to share the episode with a friend so we can continue bringing you more great tips on grit, grace, and real estate. You can also connect with us on Instagram, Facebook. We hope the ideas we share continue to help you build an empire and leave a legacy.